Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Ministries International. We value the Word of God as an instrument of growth in our lives, using it to mend our ways, align our thinking, and ultimately bring restoration. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. this morning when I was awakened and as is my custom I wait on the Lord and um, it's my time with the Lord and I endeavor to listen before I pray uh, to what he would um, he would impress me upon and you know as I pondered and meditated on our visit and re recalled the visitation how we how we visited each family, went to the homes, the Lord impressed upon my heart how important is personal visitations of those we shepherd and of those we care for spiritually. And so what I want to share with you today is the very things that I heard from the Spirit of God as I pondered on what the Lord has revealed to me, the value and the importance of personal pastoral visitations. And uh, what the Lord showed me, it really made an impact and brought afresh or anew this wonderful principle of visiting the people that you care for, each one, especially in their own homes, and having private conversations with them. I was reminded of 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 10 with the Apostle Paul. Writing to the Thessalonians, he says, listen to these words. We pray most earnestly night and day that we may see you face to face and supply what is lacking in your faith. And I see here how Paul understood the value and the benefit of seeing people he shepherded face to face in order, he said, to supply that which was lacking in the faith. As I meditated upon these verses, I began to catch a glimpse of this great apostle's heart, how much he loved, how much he cared for those he shepherded, even though he was so far away from them physically. And in a measure, I have come to realize that too, of how important these pastoral visits are. The reason being is that we get to connect with the people we shepherd on another level. As we fellowship together, as we see them face to face, and as we listen intently to where our people are. We get to see those we shepherd up close. We feel their struggles. We identify with their joys and even weep with those who weep. In truth, often, and, 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 and my spirit bears witness, my heart breaks as I listen to the pain and feel the sorrows they carry within them. You know, when you see them on a Sunday morning, uh, usually we put on a smile, a facade that everything is fine. 
we have this um, these words that we express so often. How are you doing? Praise God, everything is fine. But deep down, people are hurting. They struggle. They they wrestle with their faith. They wrestle with questions that sometimes seem unanswerable. And in all of these, somehow, as we connect face to face, it brings us closer together. And we connect on another dimension. And I say this, there is no substitute for face-to-face encounters with the people you care for and the people you shepherd. And this is the very reason we travel far and wide to be with you wherever you are and to experience what you experience and share our lives with you. I'm reminded again of Paul's words to Thessalonians where he says to them in uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 7 and 8, he says, But we were gentle among you, just as a nursing mother cherishes her own children. So affectionately longing for you, we were well pleased to impart to you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives because you had become dear to us. I want you to hear the heart of this great apostle. Paul wanted to share his life, not just the gospel, but to share his life with those he cared for and shepherded because they were so dear to him. Jesus said, I know my sheep and they know me. Folks, that's intimacy. That's closeness with our shepherd. How can we truly shepherd and minister to the people we shepherd unless we know you intimately? Shepherds must know the sheep close up or else they cannot minister to them effectively. How can we identify with your struggles or your joys if we do not intimately know you or know where you are and what you're going through. On Sunday morning, there is no opportunity to share, to connect heart to heart. But in these visitations, there is ample time to connect, to communicate, and to share. How can we complete as shepherds what is lacking in your faith unless We see you face to face and spend time with you. You know, while visiting with Peter and Emma, because every time we go uh, with Stephen, uh, Peter and Emma have a separate cottage adjacent to their house, very private. I have all the privacy I need to pray, to study, and to see people in, in the cottage. And while visiting with them this time and staying with them, not just this time, but every time, one of my greatest joys is to to get to see and know the children, everyone by name. And they know me. They respect and love me. They do not call me by my name, but they call me by my function. They call me their pastor. Hello, pastor. Good morning, pastor. How are you, pastor? You know, Abigail, the second daughter of Peter, 
gave me a new name the other day. She came up to me and she said, Pastor, I'm going to give you a new name. I asked, what is this new name you want to give me, Abby? She said, I'm going to call you Pastor Wasta. <laughs> I asked, why would you do that? She said, because it rhymes. She's only five or six. I'm not sure. Peter is at six or five. She's six. She's six. She said, I'm going to call you Pastor Wasta because it rhymes. And little John, John John is four years old. And he runs up to me every morning with her and gives me this huge hug. Good morning, Pastor. What value can you place on that? And I believe that every pastor should know their sheep intimately and close up. They should know the children of those they shepherd and pray for them regularly. Now here is something that perplexes many people. Sometimes people ask me, what do you do? And I tell them I'm a pastor. And the next question that comes is, where is your church? I answer, all over the world. And they don't know how to, they don't know what to do with that statement. But it's the truth though. My congregation is scattered across the world and I connect with them in the spirit. They know me and I know them by name. I visit them as often as I can and I get to live life with them. I know the struggles. I know your children, their hopes and their dreams. And I can identify with their struggles, their fears and their anxieties. I was so blessed to visit with Michael and Carrie last year for a few days. It was such a joy and such a privilege to live and to, and to be able to spend a few days in their own home, see their children. I was so amazed by the maturity of these children. And they're so young, well-mannered. Pastors often ask me, how many people are in your church? You know why they ask me that? They think that great numbers make great pastors. Instead of asking me, how well do you know your people? How much do you love them? What do they mean to you? They keep asking the wrong questions. And to be honest, this annoys me terribly because I see the way of thinking is all wrong, influenced by worldly values. It's not how many people you have in your church. How well do you know them? Are they well taken care of? Do you really know them, love them, pray for them, cover them? Do you know what they're going through? Do you know their struggles, their stresses, their joys, the, the victories and the disappointments? If you don't, then you should if you're a pastor. And I'm speaking to pastors. And we have Michael, Helen, Frank, Siobhan, Stephen. I spoke to them this morning as well. You know, when I ministered the word on Sunday evening in Harare, 
some of them came up to me privately afterwards and said that what I shared was exactly where they are and what they needed to hear. And I knew that because I spent time in prayer and the Spirit of God began to reveal things to me where they are. And you know, other times others are perplexed and confused when I tell them my congregation is scattered across the world. And then they ask, how can you shepherd people being so far away from you? That's a good question, isn't it? Especially when you are religiously brainwashed. Shepherding, from what I understand, from what I read in the scriptures and what I experience, is primarily spiritual and not natural. Jesus asks Peter three times this question. Peter, do you love me? Upon answering his questions, Jesus said to him three times, Peter, feed my sheep. What does that tell me? What does that tell you? Love is the qualification for shepherding God's people and not proximity of physical distance. Why? Because love is of the Spirit. There are no distances in the Spirit. How did Paul minister to the people who were so far away from where he was? Hence the reason he wrote epistles to them, which we have in our hands today and we read them. If he had the technology we have today, probably he would send them an email every day or a text message. And I testify to this fact, that those whom I discipled from far are more mature than those who see my face every single day. Of course, there are exceptions to this principle. And the reason being is that they've learned to go to the Lord direct and not run to me every time they have a problem. And that causes them to mature and to be able to hear the voice of the Lord and to receive his direction through the Spirit. Because there's no one around to lean on. I remember many years ago when I ministered to Anna Spiros over 34 years ago and and she was filled with the Holy Spirit, and she was on fire for the Lord, and she joined me in the ministry, helping me to distribute the gospel on tape to the Greeks in that region. She said, what am I going to do? You're going to leave next week. I said, you go to the Lord. He is your shepherd. And I saw how she grew and matured over the years because she had no one to, to rely or to lean on. But we kept in contact. I remember those days you you would send a letter. It would take three weeks to go. And you would get an answer in three weeks time. So six to seven weeks before you are able to communicate. Today we're so privileged that we have such technology in our hands that minimizes distances. And sometimes we're so religiously brainwashed that we cannot think outside the religious boxes we are in. Listen to what Paul said to the Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 5, verse 3. He says, For I indeed, as absent in body but present in spirit, have already judged as though I were present him who has done this deed. He says, I'm away physically in the flesh, 
but I am present in the spirit and I, I have already judged this very thing. And then again to the Colossians, Colossians chapter 2, verse 5, he says, For though I am absent in the flesh, yet I am with you in spirit. How was he with him? He says, in spirit. And not only that, he says, rejoicing to see your good order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. How did he see the good order? How was he able to tell whether they were steadfast in the faith? By the Spirit. By the Spirit. That's why I say that shepherding is primarily spiritual. There are pastors, for example, who do not qualify to be pastors because they have no love for their sheep. Some are in it for the money, while others are in it for the glory and for the fame. And these are all the wrong reasons to enter the ministry. And the other thing, some of them live around the corner from those they pastor, and yet they do not know them. Physically, they're so close, but spiritually, they're far from them. For example, their marriage is in trouble, and they have no clue what goes on in their lives. They are sick and weary, yet they do not visit or come to pray for them while others who call themselves apostles and pastors are so unapproachable, you have to go through several secretaries to make an appointment with them. Why are they hiding from the people they're supposed to shepherd? This is so unlike our Lord Jesus, folks, who often visited people in the homes and ate with them. You remember what he said to Zacchaeus? He said, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down for today. I must stay at your house. And the Lord had some harsh words to say to these kind of shepherds. Here are some of his words he spoke through the prophet Ezekiel. These are very hard words. For any shepherd who does not care, who does not love, and who does not attend to those whom God has committed to his care. He said to him, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God to the shepherds. Woe to the shepherds of Israel who feed themselves. Should not the shepherds feed the flocks? You eat the fat and clothe yourselves with the wool. You slaughter the fatlings, but you do not feed the flock. The weak you have not strengthened, nor have you healed those who were sick, nor bound up the broken, nor brought back what was driven away, nor sought what was lost. But with force and cruelty you have ruled them. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd, and they became food for all the beasts of the field when they were scattered. Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I'm against the shepherds, and I will require my flock at their hand, and I will cause them to cease feeding the sheep, and the shepherds shall feed themselves no more. For I will deliver my flock from their mouths, that they may no longer be food for them. Wow, those are hard words. There was a time back in the old days, when pastors and shepherds of God's flock visited the people from house to house and taught them both publicly and from house to house. Some of the most anointed moments I've experienced 
is in the houses where I sit and have a meal with them like the other day at Tony's house. And all of a sudden the anointing of the Lord came upon me and I started ministering to Paula, his daughter, who's gone through a divorce now for almost two years, struggling to take care of her five children. The husband uninterested, not giving a, a cent of support. And, and here she is struggling to make ends meet and the pain of rejection and the, and the hurt and the betrayal and all of those things. And I sense that my heart going out to her right there at the table. These are moments that often you cannot experience on a big gathering. You have to go into the people's homes to see and to feel and to listen and to understand the pain and the struggles that they go through. Paul said in the book of Acts, you know from the first day that I came to Asia, in what manner I always lived among you, serving the Lord with all humility, with many tears and trials which happened to me by the plotting of the Jews. How I kept nothing back that was helpful, but proclaimed it to you and taught you, he said, publicly and from house to house, testifying to Jews and also to Greeks repentance toward God and faith toward our, our Lord Jesus Christ. He said, I taught you publicly and from house to house. One of the first instructions I recall I gave to Michael and Helen when they were released into the shepherding ministry of the local church, was found in Proverbs. Be diligent to know the state of your flocks and attend to your herds. For riches are not forever, nor does a crown endure to all generations. When the hay is removed and the tender grass shows itself and the herds of the mountains are gathered in, the lambs will provide your clothing and the goats the price of the field. You shall have enough goat's milk for your food, for the food of your household and the nourishment of your maidservants. What this scripture is saying, that if you diligent to know the state of your flocks and attend to your herds, then they will provide for you everything that you will need for you and your family. And I don't know how many times Michael is a witness, I repeated these words to them. Because years ago, the Lord spoke to my heart saying, when I was wondering, leaving the business behind that provided for me and my family, going into another land, another country, not knowing where my next paycheck would come from, the Lord said these words to me, son, if you take care of my house, I will take care of your house. What he was saying is that if you love my people and you invest your life in ministering to them and praying for them and covering them, I will take care of your house because you take care of my house. And this is why scripture teaches that the disciples tithe where they are fed spiritually and shepherded. Have you ever thought about that? We don't tithe per se to organizations, not even to churches, but to those who feed us spiritually and give us that spiritual oversight. 
They watch over our souls. No organization can do that. This is a relational and a covenantal principle. That's why the Bible teaches that the tithe is holy. What does that mean? Set apart and reserved for those who are set apart to minister and shepherd God's people. And what I've realized over the years, the revelation struck me. The tithe is what ties you and connects you to the grace that is upon your shepherd. Paul talks about it in two places. Why? Because it's a covenantal principle. And among other things, in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, he says the following from verse 7 to 11. Listen to what he says. I'm reading from the Amplified. I'm sharing a principle with you. And it has to do with shepherding, with taking care of God's people. He says, consider this. What soldier at any time serves at his own expense? Who plants a vineyard and does not eat of the fruit of it? Who tends a flock and does not partake of the milk of the flock? Do I say this only on human authority and as a man reasons? Does not the law endorse the same principle? For in the law of Moses it is written, You shall not muzzle an ox when it is treading out the corn. It is only for oxen that God cares? Or does he speak certainly and entirely for our sakes? Assuredly, it is written for our sakes, because the plowman ought to plow in hope, and the thresher ought to thresh in expectation of partaking of the harvest. If we have sown the seed of spiritual good among you, is it too much if we reap from you your material benefits? He communicates a principle there. Again, in 1 Timothy 5, 17 and 18, he says, Let the elders who rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in the word and doctrine. For the scripture says, You shall not muzzle an ox while it treads out the grain, and the laborer is worthy of his wages. And both of these scriptures are New Testament, not Old Testament. And in our ministry, we value this principle. Why? Because tithes are exclusively for those who minister the word and feed God's people. That's how we endeavor to do it as close as possible. Offerings can be used for other purposes. Now, the problem arises when the shepherds do not do the work. They do not care. They do not bind up the wounded, they do not pray, they do not cover the people and expect the people to support them. That is so wrong. Now, let me close with this. And we've got time. Let me assure you that even though we're physically far from you, we are so close in the Spirit. And I'm speaking on behalf of our entire ministry team. We're praying for you. We love, we appreciate you, we're praying for you. And we will continue to walk with you. This is our promise to you. As long as you continue to walk with us. We will rejoice with your victories. We will weep with your pain. We will fight the good fight of faith along with you. 
and we shall rejoice together with every victory you gain over your enemies. And that is what I wanted to share with you today and communicate to you wherever you may be. Here on the screen, we have people that are living so far away. Zimbabwe, the United States, the UK, Germany, Cyprus. Some are far from here, Somerset West. I don't get to see them often. But we appreciate every single one of you. You are part of our spiritual family. We're praying for you, we're covering you, and we would like you to continue communicating with us and, uh, and let us know where you are. And as far as we can, we visit with you. And uh, I take so much joy and so much pleasure every time I go and visit, either in Harare, Zimbabwe, or Gypsum, Colorado, or in Florida, we have people that relate to us. It is our joy and our pleasure. So I want to leave you with these thoughts. God has touched my heart today so much, uh, explaining to me and giving me a fresh understanding of how valuable and how important this pastoral uh, visitations are. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at alphaomegaint.org.za.